You know, I felt like it was God showing me like, yo, this is where you're supposed to be. And in those moments, um, especially when I got that scholarship, I was like, right, I think the baseball thing is, is that's a dub. I think I'm done. Is it Ramos or is it Ramos? I've said both, but he know now I got nothing but love for him. The actor, the singer, the songwriter, and the star of the new movie Transformers Rise of the Beach, you guys. It's out June 9th, but this does, I don't even want this to feel like a promo because I was going to watch it anyway. Like, I already watched the shows. I already watched the Transformers. That's why I'm like, dude, you are a part of an iconic franchise. It's crazy. And the type of representation that was in this film is lit. Shouts to Dominique doing her thing. I'm excited because not only is Anthony Ramos like, He's killing it, but it was kind of dope to hear him talk and he just laid back. He's dope. You're going to see exactly what I mean. Check it out. We have actor, singer, songwriter, and star of the new movie Transformers Rise of the Beast out June 9th. Anthony Ramos, welcome to the show. I'm trying to tell you you're cooking. Thanks for having me. No, I'm hyped. Let's go. I'm, I'm telling you, so we're fans in this household. My son watches Hamilton faithfully. My wife is a Dominican from New York. So come on now. You just know she loved in the Heights. So we're excited to get going though. But honestly, I'm always excited because like you, you look mad. How old are you? You look mad young because you're I'm only saying that because you're rolling right now. Is that a thing in Hollywood? Don't ask it. But I'm just saying you're rolling and you've been a part of like major projects, now Transformers. So what even gets you excited about a role? Is it the script, who's starring in it, the franchise? Cause you've had some amazing roles so far in your career. Yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm 31. Wow. You know, I'm excited. I'm, you know, I'm pumped about it's, you know, the roles, the story is always for me the, the, the most important thing. It's like, what are we saying? What is the potential of what we can say? Sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll do a movie and the script is not, I won't look for like a finished, like complete story. Like I won't be like, oh my gosh, this is the best script I ever read. Is is there enough here where we can improve this? You know, where we can turn this? Because it's also like if you have a collaborative director. You know, I've been a part of movies where the script looked like one thing when we started, but it, it you know, it looked like a different thing when we finished. You know, uh, and and I think that I mean almost on every film I've ever done. So that's normal. Like that you just get a script and then what happens like the day of the set? Like, do you deliver it different? And they're like, oh, I like that. Or like, how does that come about where it changes? Well, we rehearse sometimes. Sometimes I'll be like, you know, when we're in rehearsal, we like, you know what? Maybe if we do it this way, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, or maybe maybe if I say this, maybe if I say these lines this way, this might be better. Or, you know, sometimes we'll be on set and I'm like, yo, this line is not really hitting, man. Like, And I'll be thinking about it, thinking about it. i be like, you know what? What if we cut this line here, we put this one here, and then I'll just say something this right here instead of what's written? You know, and then directly be like, okay, yeah, dope. That's crazy. I mean, you basically directed a little bit too, and I know that's kind of like how the maturation happens. You know, I was talking to Michael B. Jordan. He was like, look, I already do it with my part. So when Creed Three happened, I felt like I could step into that role. So is that like kind of the maturation of actors where you just start to do that yourself? Yeah, I mean, when you, you know, you work, you start working on enough scripts, you start to, and you also, it's also like life, right? You start to realize that, you know, when you're having a conversation with, with someone, 
you know, most of the time we're paying attention to the whatever the meat of the conversation is, right? Whatever the, how, how do you just get straight to the point? Right. You know, and it's basically like, you only got an hour and 50 minutes, hour and a half to hour and 50 minutes in a movie to tell this story. There's no time to dance around what you're trying to say or kind of find your way to what you're trying to say. That's what rehearsal's for, right? You, you, you dance around what you're trying to say until you figure out what you want to say and then you just say that. You cut everything else around it. That's getting in the way of you just getting straight to the point. I love that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because you got, you got to get to the point. Every scene, you got to get to the point. Get straight to it. I mean, no, and that makes sense because it's even like right now, look, I got 24 minutes. I'm going to get right to it with you in a yeah. sense. I'm going to get right to it. And you have a, like, you act along like mega stars. And even another star, Dominique Fishback, is who on fire right now, coming off a of swarm. That went crazy. So, what was it like filming Transformers then? You're cutting up the scenes and you're talking about rehearsal. What's it like almost doing that dance alongside another star like Dominique Fishback? Well, I mean, when you work with someone like that, you know, she, Dom's always thinking about everything. Like, you got to see her notes. Like, she makes me feel like a like a failure <laughs> at life. I'm like, yo, like, you just look at her notes, the way she breaks down scripts. You know, like, we just have two different ways of working. You know, I'm very, like, a lot, especially a lot of my ideas will come in rehearsal or they'll come in, like, you know, uh, sometimes when I'm reading a script by myself, the ideas won't come as quickly as when I'm, reading it out loud with a cat with a castmate or whether we're when we're doing it on set and i'll be like oh shit, you know what we actually don't even need those three lines because if i'm gonna walk right here already or if i'm holding this card in my hand we don't have to tell people what my the organization i work for if i'm holding a card and you can just do a uh we could just literally do a uh an insert of you shooting the card in my hand come cut back to my face or cut back to her face. We are, boom, the audience knows exactly who I work for. We don't, we, so we can cut that line or cut those three lines explaining them who I work for. We just get right to it. The ideas will come when, you know, sort of like for me, like when, when we're in it, when we're in the mix, you know, a lot faster, you know, I still get ideas when I'm reading the script, but right. you know, but for like for Dom, she's so academic. Um, I mean, she was a valedictorian in school, in high school. Like, Dang, she's so, I didn't know that. No, Dom is, like, brilliant. Wow. And the way she breaks down scripts, you know, um, a lot like who I'm working with right now, Daisy Edgar-Jones, reminds me of Dom in that way. Like, me and Daisy were going over a scene the other day, rehearsing um, together, and it was just she and I, and we was talking to, to this gentleman, Kevin, who's actually, you know, meteorologist here in, uh, and working with us in Oklahoma on this on this movie to make sure that we get all the facts right. Everything we're saying is correct, scientifically correct. And I'm talking about, yo, this guy was saying shit to her on the, on the phone and she was writing at a lightning speed <laughs> pace. I was like, yo, Catching how everything. is she doing there? everything? Everything, yo. And I like, as you know, and I told her on set. Two days ago, when we were together, I was like, yo, I just want to let you know that I was in awe of your <laughs> artistry and brilliance the other day. I just wanted to say that out loud to you. That's hilarious. But, you know, when you're working with actors like that, you know, it's it, it makes the job um, a lot easier and more exciting, too, because, you know, you know that you, you're in it with, you know, someone who's bringing just as good, if not better ideas as you. 
That's facts. That's facts. It reminds me of sports, like where if you you got a teammate that's like, yeah. you see them holding up the squad, you like, all right, let me get in my bag and start to figure out how I can help. And you mentioned mentioned Daisy Edgar Jones. You uh, also Glenn Powell is in your upcoming Twister sequel. And I saw that fans, like when they see y'all filming, fans is taking photos like, oh my God, I saw Anthony Ramos at the cafe. So what is that like (laughs) when you're filming a movie? Like, are people like watching the whole scenes? Are they recording? Like, cause fans recognize you. They stay all day. Some some will stay all day. Like there was, there were these two women that sat at the cafe across the street the whole day. We shot, we shot for 13 hours and they were there all 13. What? And then what What happens if they're filming? Like, spoiler alerts? Like, what's going on? I mean, you know, security <laughs> will go across the street and be like, yo, can you, you know, stop recording and shit. But I mean, they can't, you know, you, you really don't know what's going on unless you can hear what's happening. Got you. you. Know, they, they can't really, you know, we were shooting in this coffee shop. Literally, it's just videos of two people sitting in the coffee shop shooting something, but you don't know what they didn't know For what was shooting. Yo, she out there dedicated. Like she was sweet though. You know, she was like, "Yeah, can you ask me to come across the street, take a picture? You know, take a video for a daughter and stuff." You know, people people are usually really nice. You know what I'm saying? They just fans of movies and you know fans of the work, you know, so no, it's, it's, definitely. it's, you know, it's, it's sweet, man. It's nice. But I mean, the fans are really, I mean, cause sports and entertainment, we're a sports and entertainment podcast. So we like cover both sides. Cause I feel like they're so synonymous. Like I played in the WNBA 11 years, but now that I'm on the other side, I can see that it's synonymous. And even like, we got to hit up the Hamilton fans because you're iconic for that. Like, I mean, I'm a huge fan of I can't uh, of Hamilton, but do fans ever come up to you and start singing your bars like, "My name is Philip. I am a poet." <laughs> nah, <laughs> that's funny. nah, yo, that's hilarious. Nah, it happens. It happens less uh, now, but for sure, the first like three years after I left the show, probably from like 2017 to about 2020. You know, but I think the pandemic, you know, the movie coming out kind of gave it a resurgence. So I think it kind of died down the last like year, actually. So, you know, the movie gave people that extra battery in the back. They were like, now, now, now that then that started happening a little more, a little more. But but nah, it don't don't really happen that much. But but uh, but it's cool. It's cool to know that. You know, a lot of people were moved by by that that show, you know, definitely, definitely. And okay, I told you, like, we're sports and entertainment. And I got to ask, because I found out that you are an athlete, too. You were on track to play NCAA men's baseball. Yeah, like that. it was D3, though. It wasn't, I'm not going to go on here and be like nothing oh, crazy. Like, yo, I was D1, all state, all country. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, nah. So you was going to go D3. Okay, let's even say D3. Because, like, look, I got it's a, a son right now that people want a, a scholarship in general. Like, you saying D3, like, but D3 is D3. Everybody ain't getting three. D3, but what made you choose? Like, I know it wasn't the top level of baseball, but was it just the passion that you had more for the entertainment space? Or was it just like you thought, man, I can go farther in entertainment. That's where I'm rolling. Nah, nah. I mean, honestly, what happened was the two schools I was considering, every application got withdrawn because I didn't I didn't um, get my financial aid form in in time, the FAFSA sheet, you know, the, the form you got to fill out for how much financial aid you're going to get or how much you qualify for. So because I didn't get that form in, you know, we were going through, we was going through a lot at the time and we missed the deadline and, and basically acting was like, it was almost like this one school was the last resort. I was just uh, telling, talking to, uh, had a meeting about to start telling the story. Like I almost went to the Navy, like, and, uh, you know, the recruiters were calling the house and shit and, 
Um, my mom kept hanging up like he doesn't live here. You know, and shit like that, you know, like mama was like, no, baby, yeah, he's not yeah. coming. Yeah, true. Like, and, you know, my high school theater teacher, you know, I started theater when I was 16 because I, I, I thought it was a talent show. Ended up being a musical. I was like, oh, shit. she's like, well, you know, we'd love to still have you. I was like, I don't know. I don't really act like that. She was like, you should try it. So I did. Wow. And I loved it. So I just kept doing it in my junior and senior year. And this teacher, like, you know, she gave me the pamphlet to this school in New York called AMDA, this two-year school where you study musical theater or acting. I studied musical theater there. She helped me write the essays for the for the application. She paid for the application. She sent wow. it out. She helped me with the audition material along with another teacher named Ms. H, Ms. Hong Violette, who was my Shakespeare teacher at the time in school. Um, you know, I, I couldn't afford the school. Then Sarah, the director, she wrote a, a letter to Jerry Seinfeld Scholarship Foundation at the time. And I just told them my story and they were like, you know, I was just like, look, I need a chance. You know, I just need somebody to take a chance on me. And then basically, you know, I left. My grades weren't that good, but they called me a couple of days later. Like, yo, you know, we decided to give you the scholarship for any school you want to go to for four years. And what? yeah, it was crazy. Like I got into AMDA, couldn't afford it. You know, so it was every, all this stuff was happening, you know, back to back. These like miracles happening for me, um, you know, consecutively. It was like a blessing, you know, and it was crazy. like life kept showing me that. You know, I felt like it was God showing me like, yo, this is this is where you're supposed to be. And, and you know, I think in that in those moments, um, especially when I got that scholarship, I was like, right, I think the baseball thing is is that's a dub. I think I'm done. You posted the other day that you took a D DNA genealogy test and found that you were the great your great grandfather a was king. a king. So listen, you talk about ordering your steps. I mean, you are the descendant of a king. Like there were nine. I think nine kings in the Guanche tribe in the Canary Islands uh, before the, the islands were taken by the Spanish. And my 16th removed great-grandfather was one of the nine kings. I couldn't believe it. Like, I was like, yeah, I couldn't, like, it's like Dr. Henry Gates is sitting in front of me like, how does it feel knowing that you are the descendant of a king? I was like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, how do you even answer that? Like, also, what was hilarious was like, when we start, when we started the interview, you know, he started that show, Finding Your Roots. It was only for like African American actors or anybody of you know, you know, African descent, things like that, right? And then in the third season, kind of opened it up to people of all races. But he made me laugh when he said, before we started, he's like, "Oh, I'm about to blow your mind, young man." He said, "I'm about to tell you how black you are." <laughs> no, and I started cracking up. <laughs> So what was he meaning? Like, what did he mean in, in specific with that? Like, you know, they do percentages of like, I'm 40% gotcha. uh, white Spanish, then 34% African. Like my family's blood traces back to Congo and Ghana and, uh, you know, Nigeria, like all, all throughout Africa. And then 17% uh, indigenous, you know, uh, some being from the Guanche people, the Guanches, you know, from the Canary Islands and then some Tainos from Puerto Rico, the native people in Puerto Rico. So it was just crazy, like, finding out all the, you know, like, my great-great-grandmother was, like, this African woman named Rosa Ali who, she, in the African slave trade, for whatever reason, the Spanish people kept their documents. Whatever, the Amer in America, in the, uh, North America, uh, specifically in the United States, all, all these people who were, who were brought from Africa, their documents were thrown away. It was almost like they didn't e exist, right? But, for whatever reason, the Spanish kept all the documents. Hmm. 
So it was like, not only was, was my great grandmother a slave um, to this gentleman in, uh, in Puerto Rico, that's how my whole family got to Bayamon. I mean, I could talk about this all day. It was crazy. This dude was blowing but my mind. But isn't it crazy, though? Because I'm listening, like, you telling a story. I'm like, okay, and so then what? But that's, it's crazy to know your heritage like that was really crazy. But then it's also crazy to see, like, your great-great-grandfather probably wouldn't be surprised looking at you sitting right here is what I would, I mean, I'm just being real. It's like, when you start to learn things, it sometimes it just makes things make sense. And so I'm just saying, like, I feel like, you had that moment because you just said like it was like my life was telling me something. God was telling me something. Then I'm like, shoot, you found out you were a descendant of a king. Like, come on. Right, now. right, right. Unbelievable. So it also makes me think about, too, like I talked about you're a singer, songwriter, and you have all kinds of different things going on. You have a new song that came out. Vijano, yeah, I believe, Vigiano. which literally, literally means villain in Spanish and it has a reggaeton vibe. So what's the story behind the song, the inspirations to your music? Like you multifaceted. You know, I wrote this song. Uh, I wrote this song probably a year ago or something like that. It was a while back. I wrote this song, but it was fresh off of, uh, you know, I had a breakup and, you know, everybody thought it was because of one thing and it wasn't. And, um, you know, I hadn't said anything about it and I and I was just like, you know what? The only place I'm going to talk about this is in my music and how this feels and the transition of of what it feels like coming out of this relationship and how I felt all the way through to how I feel now. You know, that the, the project is not finished. I mean, the first two songs come out. One comes out in June. The other one comes out in July. But, you know, it, it was basically this journey of like that initial feeling and then people's opinions about you. And then what you think about yourself all the way through to now where, I, where I'm at now, you know, and the work that it still takes for me to, um, you know, heal from that process and for me to find myself after, you know, having a, a fucking crazy experience like the one I had. It was a pretty intense time in my life. So I think now these songs are just how I feel about how I felt I don't feel how I felt when I wrote Viano. I don't feel that way anymore. But in that moment, that's, you know, that's how I felt about myself or that's how it was crazy. And then, uh, you know, uh, but but um, but I'm super excited to finally get these songs out because, you know, and then start to write new ones about where I'm at now. And that's what I was going to say, like, because, I mean, right now you're doing Twister and... Is there something that, like, if it happens in your life, do you, like, man, I got to get the pen, I got to write this moment out? Even if you're busy on another project, like, do you make sure that you write out your emotion in the moment? Do you get what I'm saying? Because, like, right now, you don't feel the same way you felt when you wrote the song, but you you wrote it in that emotion, so you got the raw, and we got the exact energy. Do you have to do that live, or can you go back and tap into that energy? It just depends. Like, for example, right, <clears throat> Viano, I wrote, months almost maybe a year after the breakup even happened so i had to tap back into that feeling gotcha maybe like it was it was months after you know but it was like i was sitting in the studio and i was like yo i still haven't written about this specific feeling that i had you know and 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 then i got in the booth and the juice started flowing you know and then i'm really spitting now i was you know i had a whole different second verse um, that was even more raw and it was a little but but I felt like the second verse was uh, wasn't really getting to the point of what I wanted to say in the song. So I, I rewrote that second verse twice, actually. Wow. And finally, we got one that that got 
again, like like we said, straight to the point. Like the other two second verses were like sixteen bars, and this one's just eight. Mm. And I feel like this one is way more succinct and to the point than the other two that were written that were actually raps. They weren't even. So I was saying way more. So you almost made it a little lighter to make sure that it, you know, like so. What like what did you change when you went straight to it from sixteen to eight? What changed in that in that transformation sixteen to eight? You said you got right to it. It was almost like I was saying before, right? Dancing around the point. I was dancing around it. You know, you can find clever lyrics to say that that sound cool, you know, to st- dance around the point. But the point was, is that like, this is what y'all said I was and this is who I know I am. Got you. You know, and how do I say that? And you know what? Let's shorten this verse and just say that shit in eight bars. Got the you. same amount of time it took us to do the first verse. Let's do the second verse with the same amount of bars and just get to the get to the point. And we did. I just started flowing and just came out. Um, you know, and I, I changed that verse recently, a few months ago, you know, because I, I just kept bumping up against this second verse. And I was like, this shit is hard, but it's not... It doesn't feel like what I want to say in this song. It doesn't feel like what I'm trying to say, the message I'm trying to get out in this, in this track. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, finally, I think, you know, we landed on it. You know, man, no, I can just you basically got to put your emotions in a song and then even show the world your emotions. So I can understand how like getting that right could be a meticulous task. We are excited about the new movies that's, that's about to come out. Transformers Rise of the Beast out on June 9th. Anthony Ramos, man, I appreciate you coming through. You, This is a home for you. You're always welcome here. I appreciate you, man, coming through to MoCo. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. This, this was super fun. Y'all. I appreciate it. So on top of everything else that Anthony Ramos is doing, there's Vigiano that just, it's already out now, but I love when I see people doing the most. You know, we always have things where we say like, we got an episode coming up called about moms doing the most, but I think doing the most, some people call it like a bad thing. Some people can say, oh man, you be doing the most. But I kind of think doing the most is a good thing. And so doing the most like means like you can be multi-talented. You can be an athlete that's turned actor that also sings a little bit, by the way. Like, shoot, we doing the most right now. We doing the most with y'all. We give y'all a show every single week. Doing the most. You know how hard it is to put on a show every single week? Come on now, I know somebody got to feel me. And we'll see y'all next week because it's a generational thing. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, three hundred dollars $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash 
iron from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out any time right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. 